Well, good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing this morning? Yeah, all right, let's be honest. It feels a little bit like winter's finally here. How many of you absolutely hate the snow? I hate this season. All right, how many of you actually enjoy this season? Wow, all right, we got a good split there, 50-50. I will say, I was in uh, San Diego, California back in November, and um, I was able to talk to someone who had lived there for 30 years, and they're like, this is what you get. It's 70 and sunny all year. And I was like, that's boring. Like, I like variety, I like change. And they're like, yeah, the only thing that changes are these two trees, they turn brown and drop their leaves, that's it. I was like, really? But I just realized, you know, yeah, um, I realized in Michigan, uh, as I get older, uh, I, I like the cold weather less, but I love snow. I love seeing it. So my theory is in the winter, if it's going to be cold, it might as well snow, right? Might as well look beautiful in the midst of freezing cold ugliness. And that's what I say about that. But I, I think we, gotta, we take for granted sometimes the four wonderful seasons that we have here in Michigan. They're all wonderful in their own unique way, even though we, many of us don't like the winter months. Here's the good news. It's almost over. Nah, we're in Michigan. It could snow in May. Who knows? But uh, summer will eventually come. It, I promise that. All right, for some of you, you may have seen these. We had them last week, but it's our hashtag difficult people. Our next series kicks off next week. Maybe some of you are sitting on them. Maybe you need more invite cards. They're at Guest Centrals in case you've got a couple other people you want to invite. It's right there. And um, here's, here's the truth. We all have difficult people in our lives. Some of you, you're sitting next to your difficult people right now. Don't elbow them. They already know, yes, I am your difficult person, I know that. But uh, many for us, maybe we live with them. Maybe we go to work with them every single day. Maybe we sit in the classroom or they're on your team on the field, and that's your difficult person. But we are called to love people, not just the ones we get along with and that those that are easy to get with. No, how do we love people who feel like they just suck the joy right out of us? How do we love those people? And so we're going to venture into a four-part series with that. There's your invite cards. And again, there's more at Guest Central. And we're excited to kick that off. And a little teaser for next week, we're going we're gonna to kick off with talking about critical people, negative people. How many of you have those in your life? No, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Um, man, being around negative people, sometimes it's just hard. You're like, can you just say one good thing? Like, stop it, Eeyore. Just one good thing. Um, and so that's going to, that's going to be fun. All right. Hey, we're going to, we're going to have some fun this morning as we wrap up our, our January series together, Stressed Out. And in fact, we're going to have a lot of joy this morning. And, um, I really think when you choose joy, because joy is a choice, when you choose joy, you're going to, it's a life changing choice. But before we start, I want to pray for all of us as we're going to land this plane this morning about stressed out. So Heavenly Father, we just pray wherever we are this morning. Maybe some of us are fe feeling the anxieties of life. We're, we're feeling weighed down by the pressures and just the stress. God, I pray for just these next 30 minutes or so that we would experience your spirit and great joy. Because we know as followers of Jesus, and we see it all throughout your word, that we should be defined by love and joy. And so, Father, no matter where we are in our spirit, would you waken us up? And um, whether we come in with a critical attitude or we come in with a joyful attitude, may we walk out of here 
different than what we were when we came in. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, real quick, turn to your neighbor and say, choose joy. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you look like you could use some joy, my friend. That one got a kick. Well, hey, I want to get to uh, Luke chapter 21, verse 34. This is our theme verse for this series. And uh, these are the words of Jesus. And he says this, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and the anxieties of life. That every time you step out and wake up in the morning, you got to be careful because stress and worry and anxiety can get inside of you. And then he says, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. It comes when you're not prepared and all of a sudden it got you. And you're sitting there going, wow, I didn't wake up prepared for this. I thought I was going to go into work and feel good. Instead, anxieties and worries and stress have me out. But I want you to know if you follow Jesus this morning, that the enemy of your soul wants to do everything in his power to rob you of all joy. I think sometimes that this is why some of us, we wake up in the morning and the first thing we go to is our social media and we'll turn to Facebook, we'll turn to Instagram, we'll turn to Twitter and all of a sudden, before we know it, our attitude and our mind has shifted towards negativity and you all of a sudden you'll read comments, you're like, oh, I don't like that comment, oh, I don't like that, I thought I used a good filter and they say I don't look as pretty as I thought I did. No, you wake up every day and get into God's word. Get into truth every single day and allow that to be your foundation to move through the rest of the day because guess what you're going to face? Hashtag difficult people. And the enemy will use difficult people also to rob you of joy. And we don't want that. And so what I did is I went through some, some scripture verses and tried to find a little joy. So I want to take you on a little joy ride, all right? A little joy ride on some good verses that Jesus has said. John 10.10, 10, and I love this verse. It says this, the thief, the enemy of your soul, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He hates you as a follower of Jesus. You got to recognize that. Absolutely just wants to derail you in any possible way. But I have come, this is Jesus speaking, I have come that they may have life and have it to the what, friends? Have it to the full. Other translations say, have life, abundance, abundance there. And you can experience that. That's a little joy for you. And I love this verse found in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And I love to tell brand new followers of Jesus, like, hey, this is a promise of God you can plant your flag in. And I love this verse. In fact, Paul writes it. And Paul, who was the guy that persecuted Christians, had an experience with Jesus, changed his life. Paul writes, we think Paul wrote to this church four different letters, and we know we, we have two of the four. And here's what he says to those first-time followers of Jesus. He says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the what, friends? The new creation the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And that's what I love about baptism because baptism is a symbol of that. It's, hey, I'm getting buried into the water that my old way is gone and you're coming up symbolizing to the world I'm made new in Jesus. Because listen, you have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. 
Here's the theology thing. You don't have Jesus living inside of you. Where is Jesus? In heaven at the right hand of the Father. Who do you have inside of you? The Holy Spirit, the presence of God. Whoo! God was for us. You read it all in the Old Testament. God was for us. Jesus was with, with, or Jesus was with us. Now the Holy Spirit is in us. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is living in, inside of you. You better watch out because August we're going to do a five-week series on the Holy Spirit. You're going to get ignited, friends. I really think this is why we have a bunch of zombie Christians. Hear my heart. I love you all. They're not at this church. They may be at others. No, I love all of us. Listen, no matter what church or denomination, we're all on the same page. We're on, we're on Team Jesus. All right? We, we, we have little things, little tinkerings that go this way or that way. But listen, it's all God's kingdom. I hope as God grows this church, he grows all the other churches in this community because we need a revival and we need more people coming to know who Jesus Christ is. There's a lot of broken and hurting people. It's not just Radiant Life's kingdom, it's God's kingdom. So I'm sitting there praying. I pray that grace would have an abundance of revival. I pray that the missionary church and the Lutheran and the Presbyterian church, I pray all of them would experience revival in who Jesus Christ is. Because yeah, they're gonna reach different people than this church reaches, and that's fine. We're not a church for everyone. But there's other churches to go experience who Jesus Christ is. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Get ignited again. Don't lose your passion for who Jesus Christ is. Woo! All right, this is coming off. All right, here we go. All right. Yeah. All right. Back on track. Um, where was I? All right. Oh, man. Um, you know that song if you grew up in church? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart, down in my heart. It's been a long morning already. But hey, what I realize is it's a pathway to joy, that God's word promises joy in your life. And I want us to experience the joy in the midst of, yes, I... You will have stress, you will have worry, you will have anxiety in your life because we have hashtag difficult people, right? We live in a broken world, but there's a pathway to joy and it begins with this. Always first and foremost, it begins with Jesus. Always Jesus first. If Jesus is not first in your life, you're out of order. This is why I truly believe every single morning you gotta get in God's word before you go face what the world has to offer. I, I truly I used, to, I, I used to sit there and go, I'll get it done when I have time. It completely has changed my mindset by starting every single day in God's word. I, Ryan, I don't have time for that. Set, set the alarm 15 minutes earlier. But I like my sleep. I need beauty rest too. I get it. But there's something powerful when I say, God, I'm giving you the first of this day. Nothing else, because here's what happens. If I don't, this is my personal, if I don't, all the other worldly voices will get inside of here and here. And I'll start believing those and not going to God's word. Start every day there. If you don't know, Ryan, I don't know where to start. Let me give you four guys. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Start somewhere in the life of Jesus. Get to know your Savior. And if you're like, well, tell me what one of the four, I would recommend Mark. Second book in the New Testament, Mark. Here's why. It's only 16 chapters long, and once you get it done, you're like, oh, this is easy. Right? Don't start with Matthew. That's 28 chapters long. 
right? That's too long. You're going to feel like I'm in this book forever. Start somewhere short and get it because once you build, right, that snowball effect, once you build it, wow, I can do it. Now I'm going to go to Luke. And then maybe, maybe, maybe John and then maybe Matthew. Start there. Every day. Here's what we looked at this two weeks ago. Here's what Matthew 6.33 says, Jesus' word. But seek what, friends? First. Jesus didn't say, well, seek when you have time. And I'm okay with that. No, no, no. Jesus is talking to the crowd. He says, look, crowd, I want you to know, above everything, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and everything will be given to you. All the other stuff, listen, it'll come in alignment. I got to be first. The pathway to joy is Jesus. Here's the second. The pathway to joy, Jesus has to be first. His second has to be others. Jesus walked this planet for maybe 33 years. We're unsure exactly how old. But what did Jesus always do? Notice the hurting and broken. Always. Never too much in a, in a hurry to bypass the broken, the outside, the outcast. He slowed down enough to worry about other people. And in fact, uh, the guy by the name of Paul, Paul who hated Jesus, persecuted you, if you followed Jesus, he's like, yep, I vote for them to die. He had papers in hand to go to the city to go jail more Christians. And God got, got a hold of him, changed his heart. And now he's desiring to go to a city called Ephesus, fourth largest city in the ancient world, in the first century world, fourth largest, largest port city. And there he is. And he finally gets to go there. And he's going to remind the church one more thing before I go. And in fact, this thing is so important because he sets, after he says this, he gathers the people and he lays his hands and he starts praying for them and he's weeping because he doesn't want to go, but he knows God's got other things for him. And this is what Paul says. It's recorded in the book of Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It says this, and everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of Lord Jesus himself, who said, it is more blessed to what, friends? Give than it is to receive. In other words, you got to have your eyes on other people. You live to give. Remember when the Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus because they didn't like what Jesus was doing because they couldn't explain it. And it was outside their box. They have the 613 laws to follow and abide by, and Jesus was like, I'm breaking all of them. And people are like, ah, we don't like that. We have rules. How many of you are like the rule stickler? Like, we have rules you follow, right? Some of us. Some of us are like, I'm, I, no. Yeah. And they tried trapping Jesus. They wanted to accuse him so they could crucify him and get rid of this thing that they couldn't explain. And what did they do? Hey, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus says, love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is this. The Pharisees would have been like, whoa, we only asked you one question. What's the greatest? And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Listen, there's two. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Two greatest commandments. Love God, love others. And you can sum up the entire Old Testament in those two commands. Others. Others. And then here's the last. It's you. It's you, the pathway to joy. Jesus, others, you. Well, Ryan, I don't like that. I don't like being third. Right? I don't like that. He's second. All right, I'll let Jesus be king of my heart, throne. He's got it. But at least, listen, 
Watch what Peter says. 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. He does care about you deeply, but there is divine order to joy. We're going to love God, we're going to love others, and then we're going to know, hey, then it's me. Then it's me. And so... um. I realize we're in the midst of stress sometimes, we're in the midst of worry, and I'm just wondering, could there be more joy than what we're really experiencing here on earth? Could there be more joy in my marriage? Could there be more joy in my friendships? Could there be more joy at the workplace or in the classroom? Could there be more joy in the neighborhood? Could there be more joy than what we're experiencing? And my prayer is that as I get older, I want to be more joyful Not as I get older, I get more grumpy, which definitely happens sometimes, right? We often say, wow, grandma and grandpa, they're so grumpy. Must be age. No, I want to be joyful. I want that next generation of the church to sit there and say, wow, I want to be like that someday. I want the more I come to church, the more joyful I become. The more I experience who God is, the more joyful I should be becoming, I want life-changing joy in my life. The more I give, the more I serve, the more joyful I ought to be becoming. And so for you note-takers, I'm going to give us three three ways that what life-changing joy is. Three ways. And even if you're not taking notes, you're going to see it on the screen anyways, okay? We ought to be a church of note-takers. Amen? Only from the note-takers. All right. Here we go. First thing, life-changing joy. Okay, remember, the enemy will rob you of everything I said. You watch tomorrow morning. You're going to get some, some, something's going to come in that's going to suck the joy right out of you. You're going to be like, I wish I took a note. All right. <laughs> All right. Hey, life-changing joy. Three things. Life-changing joy is inside out. It starts here. It starts with the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of you. Now, if you follow Jesus this morning, this is for you. If you don't, keep kicking the tires. It's okay. Keep kicking, keep doubting, keep questioning. That's healthy. Keep doing that. But Galatians 5, 22 to to 23, here's what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit. Now, if you follow Jesus, remember, the Holy Spirit is residing in you. In other words, what Paul is going to tell us is that that fruit, that the fruit of having the Holy Spirit in your life, you're going to bear some fruit. I, I want to bear good fruit, right? I love bananas. I want to bear, bear a good banana, not a rotten banana, right? I like blueberries too. I want nice, soft, little crunchy, but a little soft blueberry that when you bite, you're like, oh, that's sweet. That's good. I don't want a tomato. That is a fruit. It's a disgusting fruit. You don't put it in a fruit salad. That's wisdom. <laughs> but look, if you follow Jesus, there should be fruit in your life. Here it is. And then he's, Paul's going to give you a list. Hey, this is what you ought to exhibit in your life by, because of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. It's love. What's the second one? Joy. Joy is in you. If you follow Jesus, you have that fruit. Joy. Peace. Patience. I don't like that one. I'm going to get to heaven and say, Paul, why'd you have to throw that one in there? Like, I don't like patience sometimes. I just want to move, keep going. And the Lord says, wait, come on, you're not with me yet, Lord. Get on my page, right? He says, oh, wait. 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But watch, once it gets inside of you, it will start to affect everything around you. But it starts here first. It starts from the inside out. Here's the second thing. Life-changing joy is not just inside out, but life-changing joy is beyond circumstances. Now, I I want you to sit in this one. Because you've experienced hell on earth does not, does not mean you have to be devoid of joy. It is beyond your circumstances. Why? Because it starts here. Yes, will you have valleys in your walk with Jesus? Absolutely. Remember Jesus' words. In this life, you will have trouble. And if Jesus would have stopped there, I would have been like, mm, that's one we don't preach on. But then he says, but take heart, I've overcome it. I've overcome the world. And so life-changing joy is beyond circumstances. It's never based on what you're just experiencing in the moment. It's beyond that. And here's what the psalmist says in Psalm 19, verse 8. It says this, the precepts of the Lord are right. Giving what, friends? Joy. You can have it. The Lord will give you joy to the heart. What I love about that is remember where the worries and anxieties of life are? Be careful or your heart is going to get weighed down. But then the Lord says, hey, but watch, I can give you joy to your heart. To your heart. And the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. In other words, God's sitting there going, I want to give you something that will help you succeed and win and be successful in life. Yes, you're going to go through crazy things in life. But I'm going to tell you, my life-changing joy is beyond just your surface circumstances. And I realize one of the toughest um, Times in my wife and I's life was when we lost and had a miscarriage. And I look back now, and yeah, it was not easy. But I look back and I still said, I still had the joy of the Lord as my strength. I still woke up every single day saying, God, you're on your throne still. I don't know why this happened, but I'm going to worship you. And God, you're going to hear me cry. You're going to hear me yell at you. But I believe you're still good. And that there is still joy beyond what I've just experienced. And it's been a ride. Life-changing joy is inside out. Number two, life-changing joy is beyond circumstances. And here's the last. Life-changing joy is with others. It's with others. As you and I do church together, we need people in our lives. Well, no, I don't, Ryan. I'm an introvert. I don't like people. I'm an introvert. How many introverts are in, in, in here? Any? Introverts have a hard time raising our hands. That's how you know really who the introvert. Here's introverts. Here's, here's a picture into my life real quick. Um, I recharge by being alone. I love you all. But after service, I have to have five minutes alone in my old office. I have to recharge. I still have another service. I have to just get away. I will come back out when I'm recharged and I can interact. And introverts, you understand this. Extroverts, they're like, woo, give me around people, baby. I love this. They recharge being around people. I'm an introvert. Actually, I'm an ambervert. I can be an introvert and an extrovert, but I swing a little more towards the introverted side. I just need downtime. But what I realize is you still, even introverts, hear me out, you still need people in your life. Here is why. This is um, Dead Sea Scrolls. 
Qumran in Israel. Qumran is where the Dead Sea Scrolls were. The, the community that lived there were known as the Essenes. They were almost kind of monkish. And what I mean by that is that this is where they were. They succeeded over in this area. They succeeded in the study of God's word. They were awesome. They got into God's word all the time. Here's where the Essenes failed. They isolated themselves and never lived in community. What did Jesus say? Hey, you're going to be, don't be of the world, be in the world. The problem with the Essene and the Dead Sea Scrolls is they decided to isolate themselves and never be around anyone in the world. Listen, you're the message of Jesus Christ to this world. Not only do we need to be around non-believers, but we need believers also in our lives that can have my back and sitting there going, I'm struggling right now. I need you to pray for me. Here's what um, the writer of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 reads this way. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. You can't live that scripture out if you want to be isolated and alone. And that's where the enemy wants to get you. Hey, go fight this life alone. Get over here in this corner. You don't need people. We need people. And this is why we have life groups. And as Pastor Brandon said earlier, this is, what, this is the last week get signed up for a group. We have so many different groups out there. We have care groups. We have groups for those that realize that you have trauma in your life from maybe your childhood or growing up. And you need freedom so God can heal that. And now you can walk in freedom. And we have those group. We have men's group. We have women's group. We have, Ryan, I don't even know how to have a quiet time. You say I have to start my day with a quiet time. I don't even know how to do that. We have groups, men and women's group, that will teach you how to have a quiet time out there. And there's so many other groups. We got, we got the F word group. Ooh, we got silent. Finances. Some of you are like, ah! Finances, right? Hey, some of us, we are stressed to the max in our finances. You just need some godly person in your life to help you understand and create the B word, budget. <laughs> create that. And you realize, wow, right? We, we are, remember, we're God's money managers. It's all a gift from him. Now we got to steward it well. Some of us, we're up a crick in that area. This is why we got financial groups for you, to help you find freedom in that area. All right, as I'm landing the plane here, I don't know how many of you like confetti, but I like confetti. And um, a single piece of confetti, this is boring. Yay. <laughs> Not much there, right? However, Handful of confetti. Joy based on things. Woo, I got new shoes. Woo, got a new car. Woo, got a new spouse. Woo, got a new. Woo, joy. But it's fleeting and it's over. Is there more joy? Is there more than surface things? Oh, yeah. It's got to be a little more. A little more. My football team wins. Woo, know how to party. Yeah, that boy or that girl finally said hi to me. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Got a new job. Got away from hashtag difficult people. Yeah, there's a little more joy. That was fun. 
for a minute, but I'm still alone. There's got to be more joy than just that. There's got to be more joy, like four cannons of joy. There's got to be more that God says, there's more joy in your family. There's more joy in your marriage. There could be more joy at your job or at home or in your neighborhood or at the classroom. There has got to be more. God did not die for a single one event that you had a spiritual high and say, woo, and then it's gone. There has got to be more because Jesus Christ paid a high price for you. And there's so much more joy than what you're experiencing. Because, friends, you have to understand, joy wins. Joy. There's more. We just have to start with him. you got to start with Jesus. Or the joy I'll just be looking at the surface going, yay. (laughs) And as I land the plane in this moment, I will close with one more verse. Ryan, how can I really have joy? The prophet Nehemiah in chapter 8, verse 10, reads this way. Do not grieve for the what, friends? The joy of the Lord is your strength. How do you get to the va- through the valley? When you're stressed out, anxieties of life have got your heart weighed down? It's through God's strength. And what is God's strength? It's joy. It's a life-changing choice for you and for me to make. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, sometimes it's so much more easier to say and talk about these things because when all of a sudden you feel like the ocean has overwhelmed you, it's hard to choose joy. So Father, will you give us the strength to choose joy in the midst of everything that we're facing? May it start from the inside out. May we realize every single day when the enemy wants to get us down that it's beyond circumstances. And God, may we realize we need other people, godly people, into our lives. And may we always understand the joy of the Lord is my strength. Joy wins. And we pray this in Jesus' name.